When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures for them. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people if they can become something more like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast and resource devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Chris Ruffett. Chris, how have you been this week? Jesse, it's been a really good week, man. Started work back up. Pretty happy about that. That's exciting. Yeah. On top of that, you posted this in our patron discord. You and I are starting to try to figure out and mess around with TTS. It's something that we really need to overcome and figure out. Yeah. The irony of this, Chris, is most of my free time is doing this, doing the show and my other podcasts. So I have less time to do that, but I really want to do get into it. Hopefully, too, things with the baby are going to calm down at some point. She's she's definitely in a in spot next, right now. You know, 10, 20 years, maybe. Let's say 10 to 20 years for sure. Yeah. But that aside, I mean, this has been a great week for me, too, Chris. We've talked in the last couple episodes with all the craziness in the world and stuff going on. It's really hard to stay positive and to stay, you know, just excited about the game in general because we can't even play. So we've been spending a lot of time on future episodes. So you guys will be happy to hear that. We've got basically the show planned out for months and months, which is phenomenal. And of course, there's going to be news soon, Chris, with Gen Con, like we talked about oh, last man, episode. I can't wait. I'm so excited to see what that's going to be about. We probably will just do an individual episode just on what we learned from Gen Con. So we'll take a short break probably from these character episodes for one week and try to deep dive with you guys on just all the characters and whatever they reveal. Hopefully it's a good amount to chew on, Chris. I'm really excited about that. On top of that, man, I've just been in podcast mode. We've got some exciting stuff coming up from you guys next week. We've got a new series on Fury's Finest called our interview series. That's a working title, but I think it's going to be called the interview series for now. And I think you guys are going to be excited about the first guest. I certainly was very excited about the first guest, Chris. Couldn't believe you got that to happen. So make sure if you're not subscribed to our show, subscribe, follow our social media pages, because next episode, we will not be jumping immediately into the Guardians. That will be very quickly after this. We will be jumping into this first episode of the interview series and where we interview content creators 
and people who inspire us within the MCP and gaming community. So I'm really excited to get that series going because it's inspiring to me, Chris, and it makes me want to do better with our work. And then, of course, after that, we're going to be full into The Guardian. So we're just giving you guys a preview of what's to come. We're really excited about what's to come. And hopefully some games. And Chris, you know, while we're here, got to mention, I did play a game with one of our close friends and I got to teach someone the game, which is very exciting. And I got to play the game in a very safe COVID-19 environment. Turns out me and this friend both have been basically 99% isolated quarantine since all this began. And that's helpful for both of us. You know, I don't want to get anyone sick or vice versa. And I have an infant. So that was super fun. So I'm going to tell I'm you about that. I'm pretty jealous that that got to happen without me, but I'm also very happy for both of you guys being able to play. How did the game go? It went great. So we had Asgardians versus Guardians. Nice. Our mutual friend played Guardians. I played Asgardians, and it was a fun game. At this point, you know, I don't have all the Guardians hobbied, put together, painted. So we kind of had to cut some corners to make sure to go the full Guardian route. So that in turn means bring in Hulk into Guardians. So you still have a good number of Guardians. And Rocket and Groot performed exceptional, as you would expect. Rocket is just a terrifying, terrifying glass cannon. He is just a problem. Groot was great. Like He basically just held an objective and soaked all the damage for Rocket. Like He didn't get to be the brawler Groot. He just got to be the, the damage soak. And then we had Hulk battling Thor in the middle of the map. And then on the side, we had Valkyrie flanking his guardians and chopping people up in the back. And it was a great game. We were talking about Chris on our Valkyrie episode. I did get one of those crazy multiple attacks followed by multiple attacks. Yeah. So I still stand by my statement that I think she's one of my favorite three threat characters in the game. And turns out at this point, Chris, we're doing a three threat character today. And there's so many that are out right now or that are coming out like Hawkeye who just came out. That's a bigger and bolder statement by the day. If you say, I really like X three threat character the best or, you know, higher up the tier. And that's certainly Valkyrie for me. And not just because of the modeling I did on my particular Valkyrie and the rebasing and, you know, putting her on her Pegasus Aragorn, but it's just her ceiling is very high. And I like that. She does have some problems. You know, she's a melee character. I mean, that's always a problem. We all have some problems. Yeah. But she performed exceptional. And then, of course, after that, we played another quick game, which was Wakanda versus Cabal. Oh, great. Really, I was just trying to play Hela and Cabal. But the problem is we were sharing all my models. So I couldn't do the dream that I had in my head, Chris, which was Hela, Killmonger, and Zemo all together. The bleed team. Oh, my. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't do that. He had Killmonger because he went Wakanda. This will become as no surprise to you, Chris, but a super wide list with rerolls and just people all over the map holding objectives, first of all, is good. Second of all, in the hands of our friend, is very good. Yeah. Very difficult to deal with if you're running a low model count list like I was. So I had some heavy hitters like Ultron and Hela and Red Skull, but they can't be everywhere at once, right? Hela can only do so much. She can kill a lot of people if you're playing her right. But it doesn't matter if you have little cheap Wakandans all over the map or Bucky Barnes, turns out, on the other side of the map, just kind of taking an objective. So that was my game this week. And a lot of you guys saw on our Instagram, we posted a photo and everyone was liking it. Yeah, hopefully there'll be more to come. In the very least, Chris and I on TTS. We'll see what happens with that. Hopefully soon. 
Yeah, I still haven't played Guardians. I haven't played Black Order, of course. Oh, I'm excited for a lot of things. Oh, and I'll say, too, in both of our games, Star-Lord performed really well. He's a three-threat ranged character, and he did his job well. It turned out he's a threat as well, so I liked that. Uh, I was excited about that. And it's also nice, Chris, to have a another three-threat character with flight, because I think a lot of people forget that's actually part of Iron Man's perceived value. Because when you're playing maps with terrain and there's a civilian up there or a token you know only so many characters can fly and and, uh, wall crawl so that's actually very valuable absolutely stay tuned for next week guys it's a very exciting series we're gonna be starting and of course the guardians are after that chris i just i'm so hyped on this game right now and you know thanos is starting to arrive at people's doors um a couple people, lucky people, are getting Thanos. The, the lucky few. The lucky few. And I'm assuming by the time, you know, this episode airs, and if you're listening to it, you know, a couple days after it comes out, more than a lucky few are gonna be getting Thanos. So the game's just in a great, great spot. And of course, you know, Chris, I'm dying to play Thanos, and I know you're dying to play Thanos, but Thanos aside, that just means we're one model closer to the Green Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited about that. I couldn't tell. He's coming. I can't wait. We hinted at our catch-up today, guys, but our episode today is about Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. But before we get into that, we got some business to take care of. Fury's Finest is sponsored by Discount Games, Inc. Go to www.discountgamesinc.com for all your Marvel, Crisis Protocol, and miniature gaming needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting it with a monthly contribution. We'd like to thank all of our patrons for their support. We want to send a huge shout out and a big thank you this week to Kevin W. Thanks, man. Thank you, Kevin, for joining the Fury's Finest team. And of course, you guys are going to hear this every episode, but we have got to thank the producer of this episode, Martin C. Thank you, Martin. We appreciate it, Martin. All right, Chris. We're in lore on the Winter Soldier. Who is this character? The Winter Soldier was originally introduced as a sidekick to Captain America. Interestingly enough, it was published by Timely Comics, Marvel Comics' predecessor, which we've mentioned a few times here on the podcast. He was introduced as the original and most well-known incarnation of Bucky. The character was then brought back from supposed death as a brainwashed assassin, Winter Soldier. Later assumes the role of Captain America when Steve Rogers is presumed dead. So that's quite a a large spectrum of things here. You know, kind of a a Robin-esque boy wonder to a time-frozen, brainwashed uh, Soviet uh, super assassin Mm -hmm. to Captain freaking America, man. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. I know. And these two are always linked and even more so today. So I'm interested to see where this goes and why they chose what they did. So the first appearance in comics for the Winter Soldier, he was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby and first appeared in Captain America Comics number one, cover dated March 1941, which was then published by Marvel's predecessor, Timely Comics. So Chris, a very, very old character, one of our oldest on the show, to go alongside Cap. Right. But lucky for us in terms of not having a five-hour episode, he was on a very large layoff. Right. I think that was helpful too, Chris, for our Red Skull episode where he had a short break as well. So let's get into his history. James Buchanan Barnes 
was born in Shelbyville, Indiana in 1925. Barnes grew up as an Army brat, and he was orphaned when his father was killed in training at U.S. Army Camp Lehigh in Virginia, just before the United States entry into World War II. As a result, young James is unofficially adopted by the camp as a mascot. Nicknamed Bucky, he takes to wearing a uniform and becoming savvy with the ins and outs of military life, despite being a teenager. It was at Lehigh that he meets and befriends Private Stephen Rogers, who by all appearances is the clumsiest soldier in camp. This was at the same time that reports of the then-mysterious Captain America begin to appear in news magazines, and Barnes eagerly devours the accounts of his new hero. In 1940, Bucky accidentally walks in on Steve Rogers changing into his Captain America uniform, and he insists to join him on his adventures. Bucky undergoes extensive training and is assigned to be Captain America's partner. The mill justified putting a 15-year-old in harm's way by using him as a symbol to rally the youth of America. Bucky and Cap fight the Red Skull together. Captain America accepts Bucky as his partner. Together, Captain America and Bucky fight Nazis both at home and abroad as a duo and as the part of the superhero team known as the Invaders. Fighting Master Man in their first mission, Barnes also teams up with Toro, the sidekick of the original Human Torch, along with four non-superhero youths to form a group called the Young Allies. Additionally, Bucky was retconned in 1976 as the organizer of the flashback World War II super team, the Liberty Legion, set between the formations of the Invaders and the post-war All-Winners squad. He was also briefly one of the Kid Commandos at this time. Bucky served as an advanced scout for Captain America and the Invaders, often being assigned tasks that none of the heroes could be seen. In the closing days of World War II in 1945, Captain America and Bucky tried to stop the villainous Baron Zemo from destroying an experimental drone plane. Zemo launches the plane with an armed explosive device on it, with Rogers and Barnes in hot pursuit. They reach the plane just before it takes off. Bucky unsuccessfully tries to defuse the bomb and explodes midair before reaching its intended target. Bucky is then believed to have been killed in action, as Rogers is hurled into the freezing waters of the North Atlantic. Rogers' body, preserved in the suspended animation of a block of ice, is found decades later by the Avengers while searching the Arctic for Submariner. It was only in modern times that Captain America would learn that Bucky had a sister, Rebecca, whom he had met at a veteran's Christmas celebration. Bucky also had one notable post-mortem appearance when the Grand Master challenged the West and East Coast Avengers for the destruction of the universe, apparently resurrecting long-dead friends and foes for them to fight. Captain America battled Bucky, whom he defeated, and the apparitions then disappeared. In 2005, Marvel launched a new Captain America series. That's volume five of the Captain America series with writer Ed Brubaker. What do you know? Yeah, I know. Who revealed that Bucky did not die in World War II. It was revealed that after the plane exploded, General Vasily Karpov and the crew of a Russian patrol submarine found Bucky's cold-preserved body, albeit with his left arm severed. Bucky was revived in Moscow, but suffered brain damage with amnesia as a result of the explosion. Scientists attached a bionic arm, periodically upgrading it as technology improved. Programmed to be a Soviet assassin for Department X, under the code name of Winter Soldier, Bucky is sent out on covert wet work missions and becomes increasingly ruthless and efficient as he kills in the name of the state. While a Soviet agent, 
he also has a brief relationship with the Black Widow. The Winter Soldier is kept in cryogenic stasis when not on missions, and as a result, has aged only a few years into a young adult since the closing days of World War II. In 1968, the Winter Soldier was sent to kill Professor Zhang Chin, whom he had met over 20 years earlier. He was thwarted by an intangible being called the Man with No Face, though Bucky was able to escape. On assignment in the United States in the 1970s, Bucky suffers a breakdown and goes missing for a few days after assassinating his target. The Winter Soldier also aided in Wolverine's escape from the Weapon X laboratory and later murdered Itsu, Wolverine's wife, seemingly killing their unborn son, Dakin, whom actually survived the attack after being cut from his mother's womb. In present day, the Winter Soldier seemingly kills the Red Skull and Jack Monroe, Nomad, under orders from a former Soviet general, Alexander Lukin. The Winter Soldier launches a terrorist attack on Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, killing hundreds, and charges the Cosmic Cube, which Lucan sent him to retrieve. He kidnaps Sharon Carter, an agent of the International Espionage Agency, S.H.I.E.L.D., and a former lover of Steve Rogers. Upon her rescue, Carter tells Captain America that the Winter Soldier looked like Bucky. S.H.I.E.L.D. Chief Nick Fury confirms the Winter Soldier's existence, but cannot ascertain his identity. Captain America tracks down and confronts the Winter Soldier, regaining his memories. Bucky then becomes overwhelmed by guilt over his past actions, crushing the Cosmic Cube and teleporting himself away. Bucky reappears shortly afterward in London, where he helps Captain America fend off a terrorist attack. He asks Nick Fury for employment and new equipment following the loss of his bionic arm. Following the events of the superhuman Civil War, Winter Soldier helps Fury plan the escape of an arrested Steve Rogers. Before the plan can be implemented, however, Rogers is assassinated. Considering registration architect Tony Stark as ultimately responsible, Winter Soldier plans to kill Stark in revenge. Deducing that Stark will oversee the appointment of a new Captain America, Winter Soldier steals Captain America's shield from Black Widow so it cannot be handed down. He heads to Krona's headquarters, where Lucan reveals... He is the Red Skull and has the evil psychiatrist, Dr. Faustus, attempt unsuccessfully to brainwash the Winter Soldier. After escaping from Faustus and being captured by S.H.I.E.L.D., Barnes learns from director Tony Stark that Steve Rogers had left a letter asking Stark to watch over Barnes and that Captain America mantle should continue. Stark suggests that Barnes become the new Captain America. Barnes agrees, but only if Stark has telepaths eliminate any potential subliminal commands in his mind and guarantees that he will gain complete autonomy. As the autonomy arrangement is illegal under the Superhuman Registration Act, Stark keeps his support of the new Captain America secret. Barnes' new Captain America costume is laced with adamantium, and he also carries a pistol and combat knife. Barnes' first major adventure as the new Captain America has him, Falcon, Carter, and S.H.I.E.L.D. fighting alongside original Red Skull and Dr. Faustus, who revived the 1950s Captain America in a plot to secure one of their pawns attaining the U.S. presidency. Barnes and his allies succeed in aborting the Skull's plans, and Barnes saves the Democratic and Republican presidential candidates from assassination, winning public applause. The adventure ends with Barnes accepting himself and addressing himself now as Captain America. He also begins his friendship with the Black Widow. During the Secret Invasion storyline, after most of the other heroes have fallen as the Skrull invasion of Earth continues, Captain America is seen watching Thor defend a group of civilians in Central Park. Later, after a brief confrontation with Thor, 
He joins the other group of heroes, the Mighty Avengers, the New Avengers, the Initiative, the Thunderbolts, Nick Fury and his Secret Warriors, Young Avengers, and the Hoods group. In a battle against an army of Super Scrolls led by Queen Veraki herself. Following the Secret Invasion storyline, Captain America discovers that the remains of Jim Hammond, the original Human Torch, have been recovered and studied by the United Nations. The body was stolen by Professor Chin, who used the torch to create a virus to exterminate half the Earth's population. Teaming up with Namor, they stop Chin and make sure that Hammond receives a proper burial. In the aftermath of Secret Invasion, Captain America joins the New Avengers and offers his home as a base of operations. He later participates in the search for Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' child, Danielle. He was considered a possible team leader, turned it down because he did not have the proper team experience. In the Captain America Reborn storyline, Barnes finds out from Sharon that she did not really kill Steve Rogers. As explained by Dr. Zola to Norman Osborn, Rogers was trapped in a fixed position of time and space. But since Sharon ruined the machine that was supposed to bring him back, Steve was reliving his own past. Barnes and Black Widow attempt to steal the device from Hammer, but are captured. Osborne then sends Black Widow back to Sharon with an ultimatum. Either she turns herself in, as Osborne has implicated her as Roger's second shooter, or he'll kill Barnes. Barnes is then sent into the custody of the Thunderbolts, who tell him that he'll be inducted into their group once Rogers is brought back. However, Barnes is secretly freed by Ant-Man and then rescued by the Falcon. Barnes teens up with Clint Barton, Natasha Romanoff, the Falcon, Hank Pym, and the Vision to save Sharon. The group intercepts the Red Skull's ship besides the Lincoln Memorial and attacks. The Red Skull has already taken over Steve's body, and Barnes fights him. The two battle while Hank saves Sharon. Others battle Crossbones and a squad of Modocs. Let that sit in. Sin shoots Barnes in the shoulders, giving the Red Skull the opportunity to take Captain America's shield. Skull pins Barnes to the ground and cuts off his cybernetic hand with the shield. However, inside Steve's mind... Steve prepares to kill the Red Skull to keep him from doing any more evil in his own name. Realizing its peril, the Red Skull's consciousness returns to its own robotic body. As the robotic skull attempts to flee, Sharon shoots him, causing the skull's body to be giant-sized. Steve, back in control of his own body, leads an attack. The Vision uses the enemy's ship's weapons to destroy the Red Skull. Leading into the Siege storyline, Bucky Barnes is shown still as Captain America, talking with Steve Rogers in a dark bodysuit and standing next to him. But Rogers is back in costume and seen alongside Barnes, still in his own Captain America costume. The two are helping restore Tony Stark's mind by using the shield as a conduit for Thor's lightning. In the second issue, Barnes is alongside Steve's team of heroes. Barnes, still in his Captain America suit, pulls Rogers aside just before they are about to leave for Asgard. Barnes tells Rogers that they should skip the argument and insists that Rogers use Captain America's shield. Rogers takes the shield, and Barnes is shown with a large gun in his hand, ready for the fight ahead. In the following issue, Barnes is shown fighting alongside Rogers, with both wearing their respective Captain America uniforms in Asgard. After the events of Siege, Rogers returns the shield to Barnes and retires his uniform, leaving Barnes as the only Captain America. Barnes is a member of the main Avengers team formed in the aftermath of of the Siege storyline. Barnes is then put on trial for the crimes he committed as Winter Soldier. He is found not guilty in an American court, but Russian officials take him away, having convicted him of crimes against the state and claiming that he had gone rogue and killed two civilians. But as Sharon Carter and Black Widow discover, 
Barnes' victims were connected to Russia's Department X's Red Room Division. Barnes escapes imprisonment with the help of Black Widow and returns to the United States. However, it is decided he is too tainted by events to be allowed to continue as Captain America. During the Fear Itself storyline, Barnes takes up the Captain America identity again, but is apparently killed in battle with Sin. He survives after being injected with a dose of the Infinity Formula. With the world believing him dead, he returned to his former identity of Winter Soldier to perform special jobs behind the scenes relating to his earlier skill set. Only Rogers, Nick Fury, and Black Widow know the truth of his death. Bucky and Natasha then pursue sleeper agents trained by Bucky during his Winter Soldier days, awakened recently by the unknown ex-KGB agent who turns out to be Ivan Kragoff, the Red Ghost and former Prime Minister of Latveria Lucia von Bardas. During the original Sin storyline, Bucky initially participates in the investigation into the death of Utau the Watcher, traveling into deep space with Moon Knight and Gamora to follow up on a lead. After the orb uses one of the Watcher's eyes to force the heroes in its vicinity to witness their deepest secrets, he returns to Earth after destroying the shuttle to strand his teammates, brutally attacking Nick Fury as he proclaims there will be no more secrets. Following the revelation that Nick Fury has been secretly protecting the Earth from all various alien threats for years, using more brutal methods than the heroes would have condoned, as well as the revelation that he killed the Watcher in self-defense, Fury now acts as the Watcher replacement, while Bucky takes over Fury's role as the Earth's ruthless guardian. And that brings us to modern day. Pretty wild ride. That was a very wild ride, Chris, and I did not expect Bucky to take over Fury's job at the end of this. At least Fury's side job. Right. That we as an audience knew about, but of course the heroes didn't know about until recent. Okay, so now we have to shift gears a little bit because as in with all things in the MCU, Chris, they streamlined Bucky as in the man, and then they also streamlined the Winter Soldier, and they brought us back to Bucky. So let's go through Bucky's appearances in the MCU real quick. He is mentioned in Iron Man 2. Of course, he is seen for the first time and plays a leading role in Captain America, the first Avenger. This is when we see Cap and Bucky's relationship form in training, and then of course in combat against the Red Skull. Cap and Bucky both are presumed to be dead, of course, by the end of this, exactly like we went through the text today. After that, we have Captain America, the Winter Soldier. This is arguably one of Bucky's main films because this is where we see his alter ego, right, Chris? The Winter Soldier himself. Absolutely. Bucky is the villain, and going in this movie the first time, or maybe as a new Marvel fan, you don't realize that this villain, the Winter Soldier, is actually Bucky until the reveal moment. So that's great as well. And we get more of the brainwashing too, Chris, right? Right. And fun fact about this movie, it was my original favorite Marvel film original there we go so it got dethroned i think it did yeah but maybe not i have to, i need to revisit some some films it's certainly not my favorite and i know it's a lot of people's favorite so i like that we mentioned that while we're here because you know it is as i've said i think on the show and as i've said off mic many times it is the mcu james bond type film right it's its own thing, and that's great. Of course, Bucky is mentioned in Age of Ultron and the conflict with the Winter Soldier. Then in Ant-Man, we actually get our first glimpse of Bucky moving forward, which is in the post credit scenes of Ant-Man, we see Captain America and Falcon talking about what do we do with him? Where do we go from here? And they have Bucky chained up, and they're trying to figure out you know, how to save him from his brainwashing, but also how to keep him hidden 
from the governments, as we know. Of course, Bucky's main movie truly is Captain America Civil War, where he ends up being the instigator of all the conflicts we see between our two heroes, Tony Stark and Captain America, when they realize that the Winter Soldier was, in fact, the person that murdered Tony's parents. This is a point of conflict. It was a pretty cool turn to take, too. Right, because you and I are fans of Marvel. Yeah. We have read Civil War when it came out, I and mean, even recently. We have reread it since, and I was not expecting this, Chris. I was not expecting this turn. I thought it was really interesting. I, I like that they did it. Yeah, and you just got to love the simplicity of some of the lines, like, right. he's my friend. Well, he killed my mom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty good. He creates this rift, and we're going to see this a lot. And of course, with this character, like you said, Chris, and his lore, but I mean, even in the MCU, he is a point of contention for the good guys, the bad guys, the in-between. He splits factions apart. That happened in this movie. Of course, in Spider-Man Homecoming, we get a picture of Bucky. He's in that Hall of Heroes, right? But really... We don't know where he is post-Civil War until the post-credit scenes of Black Panther, where we see him recovering in Wakanda without the arm. He's being nursed back to health by Shuri. Yeah. Great. So he's he's hiding out in Wakanda. Yeah, I thought it was a wonderful use of the full universe, too. Absolutely. Absolutely, Chris. And then, of course, we have Bucky in Avengers Infinity War. He's in Wakanda. They bring him his arm back. And he is tentative to basically fight again. You know, he, he's worried about himself because we didn't mention it. But of course, in Captain America Civil War, which we talked about in our Zemo episode, Zemo reactivates him, right? He says the words. He says the KGB words, reactivates Bucky as this assassin, the Winter Soldier. And Bucky's afraid it's going to happen again. But eventually, Bucky does take up arms and fight with the Wakandan people and defend Wakanda from the Black Order which is great. And of course, the end of Infinity War, another unexpected twist. Bucky is one of the individuals killed in the snap. It just says Steve and he falls and he's actually the first death we see on screen, Chris, which is very impactful. So sad. Steve <laughs> dies. Steve. And then of course, Bucky is back at the end of Avengers Endgame because he is brought back after Hulk's snap and he fights in the final battle alongside everybody else. Lastly, bringing us up to modern day, Spider-Man Far From Home, he's mentioned, and that leads us to current times, Chris, where he is going to be on the Disney Plus channel with the Falcon and Winter Soldier television series for Disney Plus. I think I say it every week, but I'm really excited for that. Well, it's exciting now that we've had two episodes back-to-back. Yep. We had Vision, potentially doing the Visions with WandaVision, and now we have Falcon and Bucky kind of navigating, interestingly enough... Keeping Cap alive in a way, going at it, like you mentioned in our lore, but I mean, going at it together, Falcon and Bucky together, kind of to replace what was lost with Cap being lost. And of course, you right. know, we didn't mention here at the end of Avengers Endgame, but it's it's so emotionally satisfying. We have old Captain America and talking with Falcon and Bucky and giving, of course, Falcon the shield and passing the torch spiritually to them. So. I'm curious the route they go with this. So, Chris, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is scheduled to debut in August 2020. I don't know if that date's still accurate anymore with COVID-19, but we will see. The Mandalorian Season 2 is still on track for the fall. Hopefully, Bucky's show is the same way. It's going to consist of six episodes initially to be released weekly rather than all at once. 
And it will be the first series of phase four of the MCU, Chris. So this is setting the stage for this whole new phase of the MCU. Six episodes is not enough. (laughs) I mean, arguably that's six hours, Chris. I need 12 at least. You need more Bucky and Falcon. So like we always do, we're going to close out our MCU section. Chris, what do you think about the casting of Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier? What do you think about this character that arguably most of the audience going to see these MCU films did not know about? And then how he executed that performance? It's going to come as no surprise, but I thought it was awesome. (laughs) Good casting. (laughs) We say it every week. Is it a part of Marvel's deal as they do good casting? It's kind of part of the whole package here. Well, and I'll, you know, I'll be constructive. Like Marvel is not perfect. No, they're not perfect. Some of the movies I do not think are good at all. I'm looking at you, Iron Man 3. It doesn't matter because like, even though Iron Man 3 is arguably a bad movie and just not great writing, Robert Downey is playing Iron Man for two yeah. more hours and exactly. his casting was perfect. So the same could be said about Bucky. The same could be said. I mean, we last week we talked about the vision. What a role to cast, Chris. And Bucky is no different. So this is a conflicted character. This is a guilty character. This is a guy who is also an assassin. But on top of that, he's also the weakest character. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he has to play right. the most vulnerable, weak person. But then he also has to play a cold-hearted killer. And I think Sebastian Stan, we didn't really know him as an American audience or just in general. And I think that fits it even better. You know, it'd it'd be a misstep to do someone really well-known and man, he just owned this role, man. He made it his own. This is a modern version of Bucky. And I think it works. Even the style they do at the MCU. Like I like his visual look. They did a really good job with the arm and you know, he has the hair and the beard. And of course he has the pistol and the knife sometimes too, which we've come to know with this character and the assault rifle. So casting always good. Maybe of the MCU. We'll, we'll see if they come up to a character that's maybe not good. I'm still waiting on that day, Chris, for the casting is bad. It's going to happen one of these days. It's only a matter of time. Even some of these characters that have a one-off, you know, it's like James Spader is Ultron nailed it. I'm very excited for the moon Knight series, like beyond oh, excited, goodness. but I am very also worried about the moon Knight series. It's a very difficult actor to cast, right? One of the hardest characters to pick to try to do properly from the Marvel Universe is Moon Knight. So we'll see. <laughs> they cast Pad Oswald as Modoc. I mean, they know what they're doing, <laughs> you know? Hey, I have no reason to doubt them. I'm just saying that's going to be a big test. I'm just saying, like, that's a, a funny case point we have. Like, we have not heard Patton Oswalt doing Modoc's voice yet, but we already know they cast him perfectly being fans of this content. And I can't wait for Moon Knight. I hope that goes well. We will see. I I mean, they're probably going to do a lot of lesser known characters, recastings, like recasting Ghost Rider at some point, probably. There's a lot of things that are happening and I'm really curious who they choose for these roles, especially these type of characters that are maybe not at the forefront, like a Captain America, but you know, tough. Tough to cast. I'm very into this B-list, C-list superhero thing. Me too. I love it. Yeah. Let's get a lot more of that. So I'm very excited about that. All right, Chris. So we've got to talk about Bucky's superpowers because we've kind of come up this crossroads before with Natasha Romanoff. His superpowers are a little bit different. They're not so traditional superhero, I would say. Well, he's he's used to doing wet work stuff. He's He's an in the shadows kind of guy. Let's really break it down here. Having trained under Steve Rogers 
and others in the time leading up to World War II, Bucky Barnes is a master of hand-to-hand combat and martial arts, as well as being skilled in the use of military weapons such as firearms and grenades. He also uses throwing knives on occasion and is gifted as an advanced scout. His time as the Winter Soldier helps to further hone his skills, making him the equal to his predecessor in combat skills and an expert assassin and spy. He is also fluent in several languages, including English, Spanish, Portuguese, German, Russian, Latin, and Japanese. He can understand French. Winter Soldier's left arm is a cybernetic prosthetic with superhuman strength and enhanced reaction time. The arm can function when not in contact with Barnes and can discharge an EMP causing electronics to either shut down or become useless. The use of Barnes' EMP is shown when Barnes uses it to shut down a Nick Fury LMD when he attempts to use it on Iron Man. The arm has a holographic function to disguise it as a flesh and blood arm. As Captain America, he possessed the original indestructible vibranium alloy shield used by his predecessor, as well as a Kevlar Nomex blend shock-absorbing costume. He often carries several conventional weapons such as knives, guns, mostly a Colt 1911A145 and a P08 Luger and grenades. He likes his classic guns. What do you know? Pretty cool. So yeah, Chris, he's just a master assassin, very similar to Natasha Romanoff. Master assassin turned good. Yeah, and he's got a superhero arm. So there we go. So Chris, before we close out our lore section, I think I know where this is going. I don't even have to read the notes on our show to know where this is going. Any comic book recommendations? Because I have one in my mind, and I think we're on the same page. Yeah, it's the same as Captain America. And Crossbones. Just want you to read that Ed Brubaker Captain America run. Just, Just go start to finish. It's wonderful. You know, it could be argued on our show, if you just read the Ed Brubaker Captain America series, you're going to get some of our highest recommendations on Cap, Red Skull, Zemo, Crossbones, and Winter Soldier. And that's just who we've done on the show so far. Ed Brubaker's fantastic. It's a wonderful series. I just can't recommend it enough. Well, my favorite part, Chris, is some of these characters that are not Captain America that are in the series, even the time they have, sometimes, though, it's limited. It's so fleshed out. Like, it's so, it's so well done. And that's what I've been enjoying about this series and why I read it and loved it. Because, you know, Zemo's not in it a lot, but when he is, he is Zemo. Same to Bucky. Bucky's obviously in it more. But yeah, definitely check it out, guys. Chris has nailed it here. His name is Winter Soldier. His alter ego is James Bucky Barnes. On his healthy side, he has five stamina, a medium speed, height of two, and a threat cost of three. His defenses are as follows. Three physical, three energy, two mystic. Chris, anything stand out to you about this character's baseline stats? Well, it's another three cost character. That's right. Which means a lot of baseline stats. Right. Just based off that, I think, you know, um, I'm kind of surprised they went with a two for mystic. They could have easily gone higher, citing his you know, unbrainwashing and everything like that. They went the other way. He's susceptible to it. I'm not necessarily mad about it. Just interesting. I kind of love that. Yeah. The only change, Chris, on his injured side with his stats is his health goes up one. It goes from five to six stamina. An interesting choice to put that one extra health on the injured side. Definitely. And I think it thematically fits, Chris, after everything we've discussed today, when he's 
down, you know, when he when the chips are down and he's having a hard time, I think he really digs in and fights harder, you know, and similar to Cap. So Right. So, Chris, let's just go ahead and why don't you start us off with some of his attacks because this is a pretty simple character. All right, let's start with his first attack. It is a physical attack. It is called Assault Rifle. It has a range of five, a strength of four, and a power cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, the character gains power equal to the damage dealt. On a wild, you will apply the bleed special condition. I love it. Pretty cool. Could be argued it's one of the better strikes in the game for these lower cost characters because it's range five alone. Forget the bleed, you know, it's just a strike. Now, inversely, Chris, it's one of the lower dice pools for strikes. You know, we've seen fives a lot. This is not a five. This is four, but... It's clearly a balancing act. You know, this could be argued since it is range five at the end of the game. If Bucky survived long enough, you're going to throw more dice overall than some of these characters with the five or six strike that have shorter range, right? It's a great balancing act, I'd say, because, you know, a lot of strikes are range two. Some are range three, not range five, certainly. So we had to make it weaker. But then, you know. Your chances for wilds are even lower because you're only rolling four dice. But if you do roll a wild, a bleed is really nice. I'm a fan of that. It's kind of just the cherry on top with this five range, zero cost attack. Yeah. And I think this is going to be a staple of his kit just because that's a lot of range. And how you place him is going to be really important. But we'll get to that at the end of this. So his next attack, Chris, is a physical attack called Red Fury. It is a range two, seventh strength, four power cost attack. After this attack is resolved, the target character is pushed away from this character short. Then immediately make an assault rifle attack targeting that character. Okay. That's sick. It's sick. So it's seven strength, which is really nice. It's four power, which we talked about in our vision episode last time. Pretty high power cost. You can argue that, you know, if you get an assault rifle right after this for free with nothing to trigger, no wild or anything, you're going to get some of that power back, Chris, from the strike. That's exactly what I thought when I first saw it. The only drawback is getting that four power on there the first time. Right, and range two, right? Exactly. Because it could be argued, too, that Bucky is just someone that a lot of time you're going to take two assault rifle attacks with from range five, so he's out of harm's way. But obviously, after you build up power from those assault rifle attacks, you really want to try to spend it with Red Fury and get some dice value. And, you know... On the show, if it's not apparent to you guys, like with our Valkyrie episode and other episodes as well, like we love things that give you free attacks, whether it's outside of your activation or as a follow-up for free or a wild trigger. It's truly great. It's amazing. If you can push your luck, sometimes when a character you're like, okay, statistically, if I get a Red Fury followed by an Assault Rifle, there's like a 50% chance or higher I'm going to kill that character. You're probably going to take that chance, Chris, because, you know, why wouldn't you? Exactly. So, Chris... That is it for Bucky's attacks. Before we move on to superpowers, a couple things to talk about here. One's close range, one's range two, and one's long range, range five. They're both physical. So he doesn't really have a lot in the way of variability of changing his attacks. So if he's fighting someone who's really strong against physical, Venom, Captain America, there's a lot of people. He can't really flex his play very much. So that's a weakness to him. I think we need to get into his superpowers and kind of explore this idea more. It's just my first thought going through this. Sure, and let's talk about his first superpower. It is an active superpower called Hydra Tactics. It's going to cost you two power. Choose another allied character within range two of this character 
place this character within range one of that character. Kind of a teleport. Yeah. Here's where it gets kind of tricky because we got terrain and things like that, Chris, but you can basically think of it as a range two plus a range one plus a base of the character. That's how far he's teleporting in a way. Obviously to do this, you have to be range two to start. That's the thing you have to pull off. But you know, if it's the end of a round and Bucky's the last person to activate and you're about to score objectives, you're going to forego maybe attacking and you're just going to move Bucky up maybe within range two of somebody, then do that range two, one base size movement and teleport to one of those objectives and score it. Exactly. Anytime in this game, you can score objectives with three threat or two threat characters. I think you're putting the enemy in a bad spot because if they have to send higher threat characters to deal with that, they're put at a deficit, Chris. You know what I mean? Like if you're sending Ultron to deal with Bucky or Natasha Romanoff. It's just control the battlefield. Well, yeah, it's Control the Battlefield, and they have a four-threat character or something like that, not using his power potentially to the best ability, which is more killing, right? Or more throwing things. He's going to deal with an objective. He's going to contest a lower-cost character, and that's value. And I like this Hydra Tactics for that reason, and two power is not too bad. It's obviously one power with Avengers. We said it before, and we'll say it again. Making your opponent make decisions... Sometimes is the best thing you can do. Oh, yes, absolutely. So Chris's next power is a reactive superpower called Got Your Back. It also costs two power. If an allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy effect, this character may use this superpower after the effect has been resolved. This character makes a free assault rifle attack against the enemy character that caused that effect. We're seeing another reason, Chris, why Hydra Tactics is good. Because presumably, if you're using Hydra Tactics right, you're getting Bucky more into the middle of your team. That makes mm-hmm. sense? And if somebody gets dazed or killed, KO'd, Bucky gets to make a free assault rifle attack. That's two triggers for free assault rifle attacks now. That's pretty impressive. Yes. And this is great, Chris, because once again, they're nailing the theme in this game. Like We see Bucky do this move a lot in the, even the movies. Like He's punching someone with his arm, then he kicks him, and then he like shoots right. a rifle at someone else. And you know he does this, of course, in the Battle of Wakanda, Wakanda Fields. This is great. First thoughts reading these two powers, Chris, is obviously Bucky benefits from being in wide lists. And what do I call wide lists? Lists that are six characters or more. Just because... Presumably, you have more characters, they have lower health because you have more of them, you have more objective control, but you maybe have less attacking power. But you know what? If Bucky's staying alive and they're getting injured and things like that, he's getting free attacks. So cool. Obviously, if Bucky's in a list with maybe two or three other, four other characters max, it's just impossible for him to get multiple, multiple, I've got your backs off, you know? Right. So you just want to give yourself more chances for success. But, you know, even if he is one in one of those lists with a few characters, it's not a detriment. This is still great, you know. So, Chris, he's got two superpowers left. His first superpower left is an innate superpower called Rogue Agent. One character with Rogue Agent counts as an affiliated character during the squad building phase of the game. Okay, so what does this mean? It means a couple things, Chris. First of all... We just found out why you take Bucky for real. This is it. <laughs> He's going to be around for a very long time, tournament goers. Yes. Get used to Bucky Barnes. I kind of love that he is, in a weird way, on a plane with the Infinity 
gems. Oh, interesting thought. He's going to be used forever in lists, right? And he's that last slot in your 10 slot list. Now, let's go through what this really means, the pros and cons. Okay, the pros of this, Chris, and this is where I think Bucky really shines. You're taking 10 characters to a tournament. You want to run dual affiliation. Well, of course I do. Very possible in this game. I love options. Okay, Chris, what are your two teams? Let's just throw two teams out. We're going to go Black Order, and we're going to go Wakanda. So, presumably, if you want to run those teams, you're going to start with the leaders. Absolutely. So, you've got Thanos, and you've got Black Panther. And, you know, as I said last episode, it can be argued right now that you can run Black Order even without Thanos. That's a future episode we're going to get into. I think you just run them all. And you don't even need the leadership, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So you've got Thanos, you got Black Panther. Well, now, of course, you're going to take probably Shuri, of course. She's an auto-include. You're probably going to take the Maw, Corvus, Proxima. Those are auto-includes. Probably going to take Okoye because she's just cheap. You know, she fits places. And then, of course, we've got Killmonger. So before we even get to Black Dwarf, we've got Thanos, Maw, Corvus, Proxima. And then we've got Black Panther, Killmonger, Okoye, Shuri. We're at eight, okay? Maybe you could grab that Black Dwarf if you want to. It's a little bold because he's, you know, once again with Black Order, a thing we're going to see a lot, a lot of these points. Let's just forget that entirely. Let's just grab someone else from another affiliation. Let's grab Natasha Romanoff. You could grab all sorts of people. Someone you like, you know? Well, Crossbones. Crossbones. There we go. I was going to say Ronan, but that's even better. Crossbones. Because he's three threat. Well, now you're at nine models, and then you've got Bucky. Now, what Bucky's going to do for you, Chris, is in this game, as we know, when you are checking for affiliation status, which is what they're talking about, and this counts as an affiliated character during the squad building portion of the game, as long as you have more than half of your team part of one affiliation, you gain that affiliation's leadership ability. So let's say you grab, let's get crazy with this, Thanos, who's six. Oh, no. Bucky, who's three, which is three. We're going to say Thanos is without stones right now. That's nine. <laughs> oh my. Proxima and Corvus is seven points together. Okay. So we're at 16 points so far. And guess what? You're 100% black order. Okay. Grab that crossbones. Grab that Shuri. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't it's, matter. It's you're, amazing. Yeah. You're well over on the side of black order, right? Now, here's what gets really crazy. You could take Thanos, who's six, two stones, maybe seven, eight, nine for Thanos. Take Bucky take proxima okay now you've got three black order characters and just grab whatever you want for the last two characters that fits in the point slots the same goes for wakanda right we got black panther as your base maybe a killmonger or a shuri right we're, we're getting in that seven point range eight point range grab bucky we're at 11 now or 10 or something like that fill out the, your list the way you want you see what's happening here chris is you're not completely defined by these affiliations and i'm glad you picked wakanda and black order because you know they only have so many models and we're going to see this more in the future for instance the spider-man team has peter miles gwen and venom that's only four models you might not want to play peter miles gwen venom every single time you have a team of a certain size so bucky is a three threat character that pushes you over the edge for these teams, right? I think it's phenomenal. He's certainly not the flashiest character, but this is what he's flashy. So get good with him. Right. You're going to be including him in your tournament lists. It's just no way around it. He's so valuable in making that affiliation work in new and interesting ways. You can really squeeze the juice out of a list. 
Oh man, it's incredible. Bucky. Yeah, and if you're struggling, you know, you really want to push it over the edge, and you know, Bucky is a good way to do that. He makes this easy. He makes you not stressed for those weird threat numbers. That makes sense. Exactly. If you want to take Hulk for Avengers, or if you want to take Modok for Cabal, you can do that with Bucky because they're five and six threat characters respectively. So you're already kind of shoehorning yourself a certain direction, and he can help you kind of mitigate the way you're going with your points. Now, Chris, of course, I got to talk about the cons of this ability. There's only one con, and it's just a way of understanding the card. You know, first read through this, you might think, oh, Bucky's Black Order now. So anytime I use a Black Order card that says any Black Order model, I can do X with a Black Order model, and I could do X with Bucky. Well, unfortunately not. It only counts during the squad building phase. Exactly. So... As incredible as Wakanda Forever is, which is probably arguably one of the best cards in the game, where you get to perform attacks outside of your activation with all Wakandans, Bucky would not get to be a Wakandan for that card because he's not a Wakandan by nature. He's a rogue agent who applies to your affiliation during squad building, but after that, he's something else. Fighting with this team thematically. And you know what, Chris? The theme of this is, of course, my favorite part. You know I love theme. You guys know how much I love theme on the show. How incredible is it that you can have a character that is completely Cabal, completely Avenger, completely Wakandan? You know what I mean? Like, he's just part of these teams. It's it's really rad. Lore-wise, you can fit him into a mission with almost anybody. There's something in his lore that can give you a backstory for your game if you want it. That's pretty cool. I mean, Guardians, Chris, we just talked about in our lore section how he went on a mission with Gamora. Right. Like, it's just perfect. He's a great character to fill out your list. You're going to see a lot of him. And I think that's why the Vision and Winter Soldier expansion is just so good. Because both of these characters... Fantastic. They fit so many good places, Chris. One more superpower to talk about. It is an innate ability. It is Spetsnaz Training. This character may reroll one die when either attacking or being attacked by a character that is within... Range one. Not bad. It's a nice little tack on. It's not going to make you take him. It's not going to save your life. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a little extra. No, but it is fun where it's chaining with these things. I think Bucky has a really natural fit in Wakanda, Chris, because the points and we talked about and just he's three thread and they like being wide. And, you know, this is great in Wakanda because he can reroll with his ability first for free. And then he can spend money with Wakandan leadership to reroll more dice right so he's just got consistent dice in wakanda that's nice i also think it feeds into this theme of using hydra tactics and i got your back effectively because he's kind of in the fray he's kind of in the middle of your team he's getting those free assault rifle attacks from you know people being dazed he's maybe in the fray getting rerolls from this training it works like you said it's not the flashiest of things you're also probably going to forget it a lot i certainly will it will separate the really good Bucky Barnes players from the average Bucky Barnes players. Just being able to see where those attacks are going to come from and putting that model within range one of the people he needs to be within and, you know, maybe gaining cover for the to block out the others. You know, positioning is going to be really important and you're going to want to get within that range one when you can to really maximize the character. Absolutely, Chris. And like I mentioned at the start of the strategy phase, none of this changes on his injured side except he gains one health. So he's an 11 health character total. He doesn't lose anything or gain anything on the back. So 
He's just consistent, man. He's simple. He's a physical damage dealer from range. That sometimes gets free attacks if you're playing him right. And then, of course, his biggest strength is he can really help your affiliation status. Maybe when you are running, you know, four of the Spider-Man team, one Bucky, and then five Avengers or something. He can he can really help you in those times. You know, he can fit wherever you want him to fit. You know, and that's that's a nice thing about him, Chris. Like he he might be a little more vanilla than some of the other three threat characters, but that's his thing. His stats and his abilities are pretty standard so he can fit anywhere due to this powerful rogue agent keyword he's not an insane damage dealer like a valkyrie or crossbones for instance but he's solid oh yeah you don't need a team where everyone is a low floor high ceiling you need some solid performers in there to keep your performance based solid and not relying too much on tactics that can easily be thrown off well and you're absolutely right chris like he is just more solid across the board and like you said sometimes when you play crossbones or valkyrie or something like that it doesn't work out and that feels kind of rough he kind of fills those gaps maybe and uh you can take chances with other characters. His true strength is this rogue agent. And, you know, if you're using Red Fury to the best of its ability as well. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Catch our streams of Marvel Christ Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest. Obviously, we're not streaming right now, but it's something we'd like to figure out for TTS potentially, especially if we move forward, Chris, in the future of TTS and get a more consistent, maybe playing schedule. And we'd yeah. love to play some games against patrons as well. Follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Instagram and Facebook at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com. And thank you to those of you that are leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts and your podcast app of choice. It really helps us out. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And help spread the word about our show by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. Check out my new podcast, Project Starhawk, which is all about the upcoming Star Wars Squadrons game made by EA Games, which is the new Star Wars flight sim for consoles and PC. The podcast came out last week. It's brand new. So if you guys can subscribe there, I really appreciate it. I don't know how many of you guys are Star Wars gamers on here, so we'll see what happens there. We're going to be a show that's covering the game weekly. You know, we're just really excited about this game. Also, check out the Canon Cantina like normal, my Star Wars story show. Follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. Sergeant Barnes. The procedure is 
already started. You are to be the new feast of Hydra for the Monarchs.